to Powered Powered by by Magic, Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. This week's episode, we are going to touch on the darker magics. Yes, we are indeed, and we would love to hear from you and whatever your questions might be about these subjects. It would be amazing to hear from you. It really would. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I haven't been doing much, just playing video games and doing work and all that fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's just hard to come up with something exciting for the week, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) It's just a regular old week sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? How are you doing? <laughs> well, as you actually know, I'm very loopy right now. I am on pain meds, folks. Please forgive me if I'm, I guess, a little loopy. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell them why you're a little loopy. Oh, that, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I don't know what I did, but somehow or another I hurt my back pretty severely and has been going on for days now and I had Mm. to actually get on pain meds for it and muscle relaxants and all those fun things and it's going to prevent me from possibly going to work when I need to go to work so that's a big ouch for me yeah Um, but I'm going to sit here and try and make it through this podcast hopefully a not be too loopy b not be in too much pain afterwards those are the hopes indeed yes (laughs) All right, well, let's go ahead and just jump right on in. Do you want to start with the god goddess like we always do? Yeah, today we have the goddess Lilith. She is the goddess of sexuality, childbirth, equality, and knowledge. Her description is often a scantily clad, beautiful woman with dark hair, sometimes with a snake wrapped around her. Her duties are teaching women to empower themselves, to watch over childbirth, and watch over those who follow her. Lineage. Lilith was created from the clay of the earth and so has no mother or father. According to Jewish tradition, she was Adam's first wife, and she was also said to be the mother of demons. She figures rather prominently, well, I don't know about prominently, but she figures in Jewish lore and mythology. And stories are, this is a short one, Adam demanded Lilith submit to him. And she refused, preferring to leave the Garden of Eden rather than be treated as less than equal. Fair enough. Right? Interesting facts. Lilith has been seen as either giving birth to the first vampire or being the first vampire herself. Interesting. One of the reasons why they think that the vampire thing came about is she was said to take the form of an owl and drink the blood of babies. Lovely. Right? (laughs) Her symbols are dragons, apples, her sigil, and crossroads, mirrors, owls, stars, and snakes. Okay, that's just giving a bad name to a lot of those. <laughs> By the sounds <laughs> of it, that's not fair to Lilith. I'm just, I'm sounded not great after the owl drinking blood kind of thing just kind of turned me away yeah. from Lilith a little bit there. Yeah, that was just, it's, that's part of the lore of trying to make it so that Lilith was not popular popular or attractive to worship Mm -hmm. was just turning people away from her it was a lore that was come up with yeah yeah obviously it worked on me (laughs) (laughs) all right so superstition 
Today's superstition is the wishbone. I'm sure most of us have made a wish upon a wishbone at some point or another in our lives. I know I have. Usually it's a turkey or chicken bone that is used for the practice. The bone that is used is known as the furcula. It is located right above the sternum of the chosen bird. Some history. Bird oracles were often used for divination of the future, which may have begun around 700 BCE with the Etruscans. The furcula was dried in the sun and then they would gently stroke the bone making a wish. This is where the term wishbone first was derived from. It seems that the Romans continued with this belief. However, there was a shortage of fowl. In order to have enough bones to go around, they began to crack them in half. Hmm. Yeah. Skip forward a bit to the British who got the practice from the Romans. They then brought the tradition over to Plymouth in the Americas. This land had an overabundance of fowl and now used the wishbone for luck. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some wishbone rules. There are many different versions of possible ways to create your wish. It began with two people using their pinky fingers on either side of the bone, making a wish and then pulling. In the 17th century Britain, a more complicated version was used. The wishbone would be placed on their noses, balancing it, making their wish, and then shake it off. After that, they would pull it apart. Now, that's as far as it said, but I'm not sure what more there was to that because it doesn't quite seem to make enough sense like i just couldn't find more in that area yeah that's kind of weird like it stopped there yet another version depicts the broken pieces as being placed into the fists of one person and the other person would choose one of the fists whoever got the longer piece was considered to have gotten the lucky piece therefore theirs was the wish that would come to fruition Wishbones have been worn or carried much like the lucky rabbit's foot or the four-leaf clover. Final note here is that only a broken wishbone would grant the wish. An unbroken one would offer good luck. The term lucky break may stem from this superstition. Oh, interesting. Ah. Interesting. All right, that leads us right on into... Black magic and the left-hand path. This is very interesting to me because I really am not familiar with the left-hand path. I'm (laughs) looking forward to hearing about this. Just to keep in mind, I am not encouraging people to follow the practices of black magic or the left-hand path. I am simply providing information and to get people to think about what they've been told versus what actually is. Now, we've all heard of black magic, but what is it really? It usually denotes magical or supernatural means used for quote-unquote evil and or selfish reasons. It is also associated with demons and sometimes called the left-hand path. Unfortunately, at this point, people often call magic, any magic they don't like, black magic, and so the term has lost some of its meaning. Jinxes, hexes, and curses fall under the umbrella of black magic. A jinx is calling on bad luck to befall someone. A hex is somewhat more powerful. And a curse is a full-blown magic ritual to harm someone. Madame Blavatsky came up with the term left-hand path after being exposed to Tantra from India in the late 1800s. She translated the word vamachara, which literally means left-hand way. Vamachara, or vamamarga, 
is a tantric practice that emphasizes the breaking of taboos in Indian society. Alistair Crowley and the writer Dennis Wheatley further popularized the use of the term left-hand path. Dennis Wheatley went so far as to equate it with black magic and Satanism. Just for clarity, Dennis Wheatley was a popular thriller writer in Britain. I hadn't ever heard of him before. No, neither did I. Now, the left-hand path is about self-deification and the flouting of taboos, are also called antinomianism. Try and say that three times fast. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Where the right-hand path is about following the rules and becoming one with the divine or the collective, the left-hand path seeks to go one step farther and becoming the divine in their own plane of existence and also coming up with their own personal rules, the individual. This can show itself as ignoring social convention and using symbols and practices considered evil. But the practitioner of the left-hand path is worried less about what society calls evil and decides to find out for him or herself what is good and what is bad. The right-hand path looks to destroy or transform that which is dark and or considered evil within one's being, while the left-hand path uses those parts of us to learn and grow. Some people might see Wicca as being in between those two extremes, as Wicca seeks to understand those parts of themselves that are dark. Right. Yeah, we look to look in and then transform, but we don't look to get rid of necessarily. Yeah. We see it as a balance. Mm -hmm. So Wicca and Christianity are examples of the right-hand path, whereas Satanism is an example of the left-hand path. Satanism has been sensationalized and demonized for years. But what is it really about? Satanism is all about personal power and taking responsibility for yourself. It emphasizes the here and now, flesh and bone, over the future and spirit. It is also about respecting personal autonomy. Levian Satanism goes by 11 rules and the Satanic Temple has 7 tenets it goes by. Satanism itself is not without its rules, but their practitioners happily disregard taboos and social norms to get their points across as with the satanic temple when they fight for religious and abortion rights. And now we've got Tatiana's. Okay, sort of going along with some of this, we managed to have this flow nicely together this time. Well, maybe all times. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But I'm working on mojo bags here today. Mm -hmm. And mojo bags with voodoo and hoodoo. Oh, my. And it is the fire element. Ooh. African-American, possibly Creole culture, used the term mojo to refer to a magical charm bag, also known as a prayer bag, usually used in voodoo or hoodoo. Other words that can be used are jinx and hex bag. Hmm. which I thought was interesting that you touched on that. Yeah. Today, the word mojo means to get things done using a charm or magic. According to some sources, the word mojo originally was moko'o, meaning medicine man or shaman. First came about in the 1920s. But there are connections to this that go back to early Islamic traditions. At that point, it was known as a grigri or conjure bag and was warned to ward off evil spirits. But the origin actually goes back to Africa and made its way to the Americas during the slave trading times. 
It took hold in Louisiana under the practices of voodoo and hoodoo. But it is also connected to Haiti and is called voodoo. At least I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's just spelled differently. Central Africa influenced the mojo bag in African-American culture. There are containers that hold minkisi or nikishi, plural for minkisi. These are a type of spirit that's held within the bag. The containers bind the spirit's power to the vessel. The vessels are made by hand by what is known as a root doctor, also known as conjure doctors or hoodoo doctors. These bags are called spirit bundles and conjure bags in hoodoo. Hmm. Made of better stuff. Receptacles for this could be made out of bags using leather or cloth, and today flannel, gourds, shells, etc. are also used. Items to be placed in the bag consist of a number of things. Roots, herbs, animal parts, in some cases human bones, feathers, coins, and crystals to name a few. What goes into the bag really depends on the intent, much like our magic today in the pagan practices. Prayers must be done on the bag before it holds its power. The bag should be passed through incense, candles, or breathed upon to purify it and then release its intent. The bag must be also fed with a liquid such as water, alcohol, perfume, or bodily fluids to bring it to life and then keep the spirit alive. Hmm. Then prayers are made to bless the bags and may be done either in Christian or in Islamic manner, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Once made, it is always to be hidden on the person's body. There are various ways to carry these bags. In the pocket might mean one thing, whereas wearing it around the neck another, and may differ depending on the gender of the person and type of spell. Interesting. Right? The success of the spell is dependent on doing this correctly. So they're pretty strict huh. about it. If you do the wrong gender, then it's not going to work the same way. And mm-hmm. so it won't be effective. Interesting. And that's just one example. In pagan, neo-pagan, and Wicca commonalities can be drawn. These bags were created much like our sachets today, used for protection, healing, spirit communication, and spell crafting in general. Like them, we must purify our tools, in this case, the bag, before we can use it. Then, like their prayers, we usually say a chant over our magic. We also require a sealing of the sachet, wherein we use coffee, honey, cornmeal, salt, or cornstarch to bind the magic and bring it into being. We had that in uh, Sachet Magic Season 1, Episode 15. Mm-hmm. The placement of the sachet is very important to the magic and intent as well. The material used for such work should, under the best circumstances, be of natural material like cotton. As you can see, there are many threads of similarities between the cultures. Mm-hmm. The term mojo was later popularized by various musicians such as Muddy Waters and Jim Morrison of The Doors, also in movies such as Austin Powers, thus bringing the awareness of it to popular culture today. Hmm. My search results on Safari produced numerous places in which to purchase mojo bags, some pre-made, others just involving the pouch itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. 
So, you know, it's kind of like what we do with our spells. We sell candle magic online or whatever. And yeah. Some of them are pre-made. Some of it's just the candle itself. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Again, this is truly just a quick synopsis on the subject. I encourage you to research it if you have any further interest. Or if you like, you can ask a specific question, which we could answer in another podcast. Now, I won't be doing an activity on this today since I'm not a part of this culture and I'd be doing it a disservice. However, I do feel that a sachet is a much watered down version of the mojo bag and I will offer that as an activity. I thought I'd also put in uh, definitions here. Mm -hmm. Voodoo is a religion or practice in parts of the Caribbean and in the southern U.S. combining elements of Roman Catholic ritual with traditional African magical and religious rites and characterized by sorcery and spirit possession. Hmm. And that's from the Oxford Languages Dictionary. Hoodoo is a body of practices of sympathetic magic, traditionally, especially among African Americans in Southern U.S. from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Hoodoo is actually an offshoot of voodoo from everything that I could gather. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and move right into the activity I did for this. It is sachet magic, as I mentioned. And this one is to ward off negativity. What you'll need is a pouch that won't let anything seep through it. So cotton, perhaps, flannel swatch that can be made into a pouch. Leather, if you're so inclined. Mm-hmm. A small amount of dirt from outside of your dwelling. Just even a pinch will do. Hmm. Some pebbles from around your home white sage for purifying, cayenne pepper for warding off and being ferocity. Lavender oil is protection and peace and will be what seals it together. Okay. And you'll need some purifying incense, which you can get lavender, Pablo Santo, or sage, for example. Now this can be done at any time. Put this together by passing your pouch through the cleansing incense. Place each ingredient into the bag one by one, except for the oil. Imagining a circle of red light surrounding you. Once all is in the pouch, say, My heart is my home, my energy my own. Its strength is fierce, and negativity it will pierce. Say this as many times as you need until you feel your energy passing into the bag. Once it has, place seven drops of oil into the bag, thinking on each drop as forming a protective sphere around you. So you would be saying north and you would start feeling that first sphere. And we go from north to east, south, west, and then body, mind, and spirit. Now you have a three-dimensional sphere. Mm. Seal the sachet up, keep it on your person as long as you need to, until you feel it has soaked its energy into your whole being and you no, no longer need its help. You can recharge the sachet by either putting it under the light of the full moon overnight or by adding seven more drops of oil to it and visualizing in the same way. Okay. But this should be done no more than three times. Hmm. Each time it kind of waters down a little bit. And my intuitive feeling was that three times was enough to give you the opportunity to all seep in to you. If not, then you would have to start again, basically, because, mm-hmm. you know, okay. everything kind of dies off. The energies eventually do fade. Yeah. 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 What about you? What do you have for us? So activity two is personal taboo. 
This is going to be an intense ritual. You will be thinking about things you consider taboo. This is not a fun activity as we're dealing with the negative, but a good and serious one to do so that you know yourself better. You'll need a black candle. What does the black signify? Black is talking about the negative pieces of ourselves. It's connected to taboo. The devil card from the tarot. Something to light the candle with. Water to douse the candle if need be. A bowl of salt to keep with you in the circle. Or bowls of salt to put at each of the quarters. And a dark room. As always, when working with fire, be careful and always have a way to douse the fire if need be. Start with a dark room and cast your circle, calling in the quarters and asking the god and goddess to witness and then ask to be only shown what you can handle at that time. That's really important. Yeah. Otherwise, you might get a mindful that you can't quite deal with. Process or might trigger things that you're not ready for. Yeah. And then light your candle. As you sit in the middle of your circle, pick up the devil card from your tarot and just meditate on it. You meditate on what your temptations are and where do you stop? Where is your taboo? After you have meditated on this for a while, set down the card and begin to gaze into the flame of the candle and say once, show me my fears, show me my tears, show me my desire, stop me from burning in my fire. Watch the flame and let it suggest things to your imagination. If you start floating away from your purpose of discovering your own taboos, just gently guide yourself back to the meditation. This is a place of safety here in your circle. You don't need to fear. Sit there for a while and take the images and thoughts in. When you are done, thank the god and goddess. Close the quarters and close the circle. Don't forget to journal about what you've seen and thought. This is not an easy thing to do, facing your own taboos, and you are strong for doing it. And if you choose not to do this, you are wise for knowing your boundaries. I really like that you said that. I think that's very, well, as you said, wise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and tarot? Tarot. We have the Two of Cups. Mutual respect, partnership, sharing, and balance. Hmm. There's more to the story than meets the eye. A grand relationship is here. There's been a sharing of emotions over a long period of time that has brought deeper understanding to the nature of what a partnership should look like. Although the two are similar in numerous ways, there is also a delicate balance that needs to be constantly tended to as with any connection. Their bond is so strong that they can be oblivious as to what is going on around them. That isn't necessarily bad, although some might see it that way. How I see this with relation to our podcast. Not everything is as it seems. There's more to the narrative, and it is best hidden from judging eyes. Respect is earned, and that can come in the form of sharing with one another who can see the dark and the light of the whole picture. Unveiling oneself to the right person can be a liberating experience for both parties. So much can come from trusting another and tuning out the negative Nancys. That which has been hidden serves a greater purpose and need not be approved by others. 
Only the partners know the secrets of the whole tale, and that is as it should be. They balance each other out through this shared story. That is lovely. I barely got that out, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I really apologize. I have really stumbled over here today and on things, but hopefully everybody can understand what I was saying. <laughs> Made sense to me. <laughs> All right. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. As always, we have the references in our episode notes. I do just want to add in here really quickly. Although we will be cutting out out of our segment here, this negative energy thing, my cats got into a quite an argument that we had to pause our recording for. Mm-hmm. And that's not that usual with them. They've actually started getting to lo- along together really quite well. We're going to cut that out, but I just thought it was interesting that they did that today of all days. Right. Anyway, I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered Powered by by Magic. Magic. Thank you, guys. Thank you.